G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I am joined by absolute fan favourite. They've been crying out for you to return. Uh, the one and only former co-host, Kays. Welcome back to the show, mate. The OG is back in the stew. The dream friend. team. The dynamic duo. Basically. Yeah, we're back together. It's good to see. For probably the last time this year. I think so. Well, probably for the season anyway. You might do some off-season stuff, but yep. we'll see what happens. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Fantasy pretty- season's finished, isn't it? What's that? Fantasy season's done. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> People surely aren't still playing, are they? <laughs> well, no, sorry. I mean, there might be another uh, competition starting up uh, straight after this, but... I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, like... We're no longer We're in the final, so not, uh, fantasy season is no, right. Men's fantasy season is, is definitely over. Um, yeah, it is. Um, well, both both of us, so I guess you've got a bit of... I remember you complaining on Twitter last week about something, and we were supposed to have you on last week, and actually, week actually, but you had to switch things around. I did. So, do you want to go through your sub story, how your team ended up now uh, and whatnot? I don't know if it was a sub story then. I, yeah. I think I got a little bit lucky in the, the first final, oh, so did you? I finished uh, <laughs> fifth and I beat the fourth place team, but... Um, yeah, look, you know when you just like, I suppose the week before I had like Mason Wood and Luke Jackson go off their tits and yeah. then basically had the reverse happen to me in the, uh, in the what was it, the final last week. So, um, yeah, like I just had a stinking, like my team played badly. Thank God we had uh, the old, um, the Friday night loophole so I could loophole Jeremy Cameron into my captaincy Jeremy Cameron role. as a captain in the final. Well, Look, 112 points no, no, on the board, good, you know, like sometimes lucky. you got to, well, consider if you saw some of my captain options, it was like, uh, you know, I had to take that. There was no doubt about also, that. Also, when you consider two of those goals last week should have been goals as well. Correct. But, you know, <laughs> just kind of like the Swan supporters are pretty happy that, that ball hit the post, you know, yeah. I was happy that they were, you know, those, deli- you know, out of bounds, definite out of bounds were scored. But uh, apart from that and Luke Jackson's 103, I, yeah, I had a, a horrible, horrible uh, day. Look, you know, like Ben Keys, Rory Sloan were kind of, you know, my bottom tier players went bad after, you know, Mason Wood basically scored 100 less than he did the week before. Yep. Jack McRae had a 45, who's just gone stinking ever since Dan Rella picked up that knock a couple of weeks ago. He's yeah, been down here. He but then, cost me a final as well. But then, you know, my position, they had, you know, a ton from Jordan Clark, George Hewitt, you know, Seb Ross, um, Taylor Adams, Isaac Smith basically all had their best scores of the, of the year in the final and, and that sunk me by about 100 points. So, and that's my season done. Oh, well, it wasn't to be. So, yeah, like you said, you probably were probably a bit lucky to get to where you did Correct. anyway. Um, my sob story continues. Um, so, oh. I'm a massive loser. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I've actually been setting my team each week mm-hmm. in the finals because you can actually do that now for fantasy. I don't think you could do that in ultimate footy, but you can keep setting your keeper league team and it gives you like the score you've got each week afterwards. So, let me recap. So, I got knocked out of the finals after having a donut. I lost mm-hmm. by 63 points. Mm-hmm. So, do you think if uh, Big O plays in that week he goes out with an injury, he you scores more than 63 points? Sure. Yeah. Yes. So, I would have got that. All right. So, I set my team the next week. I would have come up against you. You scored 15-46. Mm-hmm. My team scored 16-37 that week. So, I would have got the win there. Mm-hmm. And then this week, I uh, had a look at the uh, the game that was played. I think the winner scored 15-90 mm-hmm. and I scored a 17-08 from setting my team. So, if that Oscar oh, McInerney donut didn't happen, I'd be playing off in a grand final this weekend. Well. 
So anyway, I'll, I'll set my team again. I'll see how I go against uh, the teams this Why week. Why would you do see. that to yourself? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to know what would actually happen. Because my team was like, I thought genuinely one of the probably probably third best. I think Gerald's team was quite good. Um, probably third best in the comp. So I just wanted to see how it would have gone if uh, we actually got there. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's not to be. Can't happen now. So it doesn't matter. Are you alive in any other leagues? Uh, no, all well, leagues are finished, to be honest. And even Classic, I'm... I lost all my prelims on the weekend, so right. didn't have a great week. So You're done. Bringing in Jaden Short was a terrible idea. But anyway, yep. <laughs> let's uh, get stuck into the show. Uh, first, we'll talk about Game Day Squad. You've had a few good finishes in Game Day Squad this year. Finished ninth last week. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you smashed me. And I think uh, I finished like 44th or something. Tim Scrope finished 12th. So really? Yeah. Wow. So everyone's doing better than me in Game Day Squad. Mm. Uh, I think my... Problem is I have the the kind of ultimate primo team, mm-hmm. but they don't always go that well. Like your Sicilies and stuff like that you will think, screw you. You think that having like the, the best averaging players yeah. always results in a score? It doesn't always. It oh, does you know. It does overall the season. Yeah. Like I think I'm seeing seventh overall yeah. for the season, so it's not yeah. too bad. But it's very hard to win weekly rounds totally. without fluking a few. That's totally. what's great about it, really. Well, I, had, I had a gold tingles on the field, which is yeah. like 200 points. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I've been chasing that gold Tim English all season and still haven't got it. But anyway, um, if you haven't played Game Day Squad before, you open digital packs and get digital cards to make your team instead of uh, picking players from a player pool. Uh, different cards have different rarities that make them uh, better scorers and uh, you get free cards each week for logging in and uh, yeah, just get in there and open some packs. Uh, it's fun, it's free, it's easy. Head to gamedaysquad.com.au to make your team. Although there's only one round to go. So ah, screw, screw it, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Yeah, because you, you could, could win for one week. Yeah, you could actually win a weekly round and mm. What makes it a little bit more exciting? I usually open um, two common packs, two unique packs, and two rare packs each week. Mm-hmm. I'm giving all of them away on the live stream this week. So if nice. you want to win some packs, tune in. The, I'll the spin the wheel. The wheel is going to be hot. Uh, if those of you haven't tuned in before, I spin the wheel on it, a digital wheel on it, and uh, you can win some packs. And uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, some pretty so juicy that, like, prizes. Nine packs to give away. Um, six packs, I think. But yeah, six packs. But like, I think the unique packs are worth like 50 bucks each, mm. I think. So there's yeah. two of those going away. That's 100 bucks worth of packs in one spin. That's a lot. So if you want to get your hands on some packs, uh, join in on the live stream Wednesday night. Might help you for your final round assault on that game day squad prize money. Anyway, let's get into the most relevant names of the week. First one I want to talk about uh, on the Friday night is Scott Pendlebury. He scored 122 points. Kays, if you were an owner, mm-hmm. what would you be doing with him in the offseason? Would you be trying to trade or hold him for one more round? Um, or does it depend where your team's at? I think it depends where your team's at, but I reckon you'd, you wouldn't be delisting him. So you're either kind of keeping him as currency for next year or if you can think you can get something for him. Yeah. Maybe it's a draft pick or- Do you um, think he makes it through another whole season being a primo? Like I know he's a superstar, but they've got to slow down some somewhere. Yeah, but he's just look, the old cliche that, you know, time slows down for him and all that that stuff. But And, and in, in a way, it's kind of true. Like um, he's a guy who can absorb like the pressure of a football game and make the right decisions. And like, you know, like someone like, um, you know, Rory Sloan or Patrick Dangerfield, we've started to see a few, you know, little chinks in their armor this year of, you know, dropping off from, you know, being good, consistent scorers and, you know, having some bad games, whereas Pendlebury really hasn't hit that wall yet. So, um, you know, someone like, uh, um, you know, Andrew Carrazzo or someone like that continued to kind of, you know, be a decent 80, you know, 85 scorer well until he retired. So That's a name I have not heard in a while. Could he be someone like that? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of the same, but I think you back Pendles in. He's just an absolute gun. Surprising he's never done the never done the brown low or anything like that, but he still just pumps it out in fantasy most weeks for you. So, um, yeah, what a star. Um, Kenny Coleman, he had 93 points. 
Is this just a bad year for him, like an unlucky year? And do you back him in next season? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I was kind of quite keen on him this year. Obviously, we know it hasn't worked out. But Did you um, try to make a few trades to get him? Uh, I haven't tried in our home league. I've got him in one of my in my other keeper league, Same, both actually, my brother-in-law. Yeah. And um, he's kind of been, you know, semi-fieldable. Like, uh, you know, I used him as a loophole on the weekend. Didn't yeah. work, uh, get the chocolates for me on the, on the weekend. But, like, he's been that kind of player this year when I thought he'd be, you know, a lock as, you know, at least a D4, D5 worst. But, um, you know, he's obviously had a few injury issues as well. So, I think, you know, a good preseason and, and a bit of luck with injury next year. I think he's, he's one, especially with, you know, Rich not really playing and, you know, Zorko getting towards the end of his career. I reckon he's one who can he can go up um, in some value next year. Yeah, I think so as well. He'll, be, he'll slide in draft just because the average won't be as high. Um, but, uh, yeah, I reckon he's definitely one worth picking up. Uh, we saw Jacob Ryan debut on uh, Friday night as well. He only scored the 19 points because he came off with the concussion protocols mm-hmm. and he looked pretty dazed. They subbed him out straight away. They didn't wait the 20 minutes. So, um, he's a player, though, that uh, we're not going to see him. Or maybe if he makes the final side, but I think they'll have a few players coming in. So, he probably won't see him again this year. But he's one to look at next year he was a gun kind of played halfback flank wing half forward kind of for Glenelg in the under 18s last year and was one of the better uh, fantasy performers looks like he's going to set on a halfback flank at AFL level so one to kind of put in your black books for next year because I reckon he's going to be a gun um Connor McKenna, he had 90 points. He's handy this year, but he's very up and down as well. Yeah, 65 averages here. Yeah. Uh, you know, like someone like him um Always a good kind of loophole option. Yeah, know, like, definitely. And I think, especially with Brisbane being strong this year, they're probably going to get a few more Friday night games, Thursday night games next year. So, yeah. always handy to have those guys who will play early in the week and um, potentially sub them on when they do get a good score. Uh, and Eric Hipwood, uh, tip of the cap to him, 84 points, but kicked a few goals to get there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it every week, unfortunately. Um, let's move on to the next game on the Saturday. Let's talk about Richmond uh, retirement game for a couple of stars there yes. in Rewild and Cochin. Uh, but Dusty Martin was the star of the show in this game. 127 points. It's actually his best season since uh, 2020. So, since, what was that, grand final? Was that a Brownlow year? Can't remember. No. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. That was Lockie Neal in 2020. Um, but uh, anyway, um, do you think he's going to he's gonna be a primo forward option next year, isn't he? Well, yeah, especially if he goes to the Gold Coast. Well, they were saying today, Tom uh, Morris was saying on SCN, is that his name? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, was saying that uh, they don't want him up in the Gold Coast. It's too expensive for what they're going to build. But apparently Dusty wants out of Melbourne, they're saying. But apparently- so 89 is average this year. So yeah. Best in a while. It's handy. Yeah. yeah. Look, I suppose he's one of those ones who probably just hasn't maybe had his body right or mind right the last year or so. Yeah. And probably a combination um, of both. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's playing good footy. And it's going to be interesting. Like, we'll, you know, obviously those guys, you know, Rewalt and uh, Cochin retiring. What's going to happen to that midfield mix? You know, yeah. does he pick up a bit more slack now that someone like hmm. Cochin's on his way well, out? they went big to get Hopper and Taranto in. Mm. Gave up their draft But pick, I think so. he could be that, you know, easy third third fourth stringer in there and um, that was the other thing to say that he's staying at uh, Richmond is that they they still see themselves as contenders because they can't really rebuild through the draft because they've given up all their draft picks. Correct. so that's the other yeah, thing as so well they waste a lot of you know currency yeah. on, on yeah. Toronto and Hopper yeah unless they actually trade him out and get something back but anyway um, I still think he's going to be a decent option but he's just one that's a bit shaky in terms of where his head's at or where his body's at and he could go missing for a chunk that's all but if you are looking ahead to next year like if you're an owner and you're a bit worried like he probably has currency now so yeah um, we need also- a post-season trade period in our league that'd be pretty fun yes I'd love to get Brody like a, a one now. week yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, like you take the punt on like yeah, someone like mm-hmm. Brody Grundy actually like moving and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, he might not even, but 
you know, who knows? Um, all right, let's move on. Noah Bolter, um, 87 points, um, just played forward this week. I'm not sure if that's been happening for a while, but he uh, took a few marks and kicked a couple of goals. Probably a tip of the cap in the roles that he plays, though. Um, Nick Larkey, though, 92 points. I think mm-hmm. he kicked a bag of six. Do you reckon he can be a consistent option when North actually become a good side? That's a big if. Oh, look, definitely. Like, was he third in the Coleman this year, yeah. I think? So, look, he's only averaging that 55, but, you know, once again, he's a very streamable option. Um, you know, had some decent scores, you know, a few 90s and 70s and stuff. So, he's not going to be, you know, demanding a spot on your field. But at the same time, you know, he plays every week. He's pretty pretty consistent yeah. with his body. and He could be an um, F5 type in the future. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's still he's still young. Yeah. And, um, you know, you'd assume that, you know, North Melbourne are only going to get better. Yeah. Because, so, um, like, some key forwards are good options. Like, like Joe Danaher, for example, mm-hmm. this year has been pretty handy to, to, yeah. handy to own. Could be one of those. Except Joe Danaher does get that ruck time. But most of the scoring he does does come through goals. So, yeah. with a few extra bits and pieces. But, yeah, I think he could be a decent option if because he's, he's their focal point. Like, they don't look for anyone else. Oh, and he's, a, he's a very good player. Yeah, that too. He's kicked, a, I think the number, I can't remember the actual stat, but the number of bags of five he's kicked for the stage in his career is a pretty good number, mm. apparently. Um, Jack Zebel, 88 points. That was a retirement game there. So, I think we're just saying farewell to Jack Zebel. the cap. Horrible what happened to him after yeah, the game. That's so dark. Bunch of heroes out there. But anyway... Um, hopefully he recovers quickly and uh, he can enjoy his retirement. Uh, let's go to Daniel Howe. He had 84 points. He was playing more in the midfield with LDU out. Saw a few angry tweets about this guy today um, from North fans. Not happy that he's... They said they never wanted to see him in the side again and he was back in the midfield just butchering the ball on the weekend. So I just wouldn't read into this one too much because I don't know. I think he's one of Clarko's boys. Well, yeah. whether they, yeah, yeah, totally. So he likes him, but I don't know if fans want him in there. So uh, he'd be trading on thin ice, I reckon. Um, David Swallow had 108 points from four goals. I think that's a tip of the cap at this point of his career. You're an owner. He's probably not yeah. someone you're keeping. I, no, I'm not. But like, yeah. he was really serviceable as my like, last midfielder this year. Yeah. Like, uh, he had a couple bad games towards the end of the season where he kind of put up a couple of 40s. Um, I think he tagged. But apart from that, he was kind of like a safe 75, 80 each weight, which, you know, we've banged on about for years. That, yeah, I'll take that. That's handy for your, for your last mid. He's got four status as well, doesn't he? Uh, no. Oh, he doesn't? He was mid only. Oh, yeah. okay. Didn't play enough, I thought. No. Um, but anyway, hopefully he gets that uh, over, the, over the spread of the season um, and yeah, gets it next year. Uh, ben Ainsworth, uh, 107 points. He's got a new role in the second half of this season playing up on that wing. Hasn't really affected his scoring though that much because he's he's averaging, actually averaging less than last year. I think it's not much less, mm-hmm. but um, I find that he's just got a f- like had a few tons and stuff like that, which have been pretty handy. But yeah. I don't know. The move to the wing isn't as, uh, as fruitful as it used to be for those forwards that kind of do push up and play on the wing. Um, it's a role that gets kind of skipped a lot more these days. So I reckon he's actually playing better football, but the role... Is, le- is like making him score less. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually playing better. But or like, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, sucks, but uh, he's still a handy option. He's pr- still probably in the keeper kind of contention for my side oh, next especially year. Especially well. if forwards are thin on again yeah, next year. Exactly. Something that averages 70 is going to be probably a pretty decent score. Uh, well, speaking of forwards, and next year we'll move on to the, uh, the Carlton game. Zach Fisher, 103 points on the weekend. Do you think his new halfback role continues into the future or what's the go? Probably a lot rests on if Zach Williams ever plays football again. You yeah, know, like, he probably um, will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, like, yeah. that's probably where he's winning, you know, uh, or yeah. has managed to lock down a bit of a spot there. But he hasn't been doing it all year. No, know? but like, he's like, just come he, in. It's a good user. So yeah. um, the other one is McGovern has been out. I know they're different types of players, but yeah. it's just a spot in defense. You know what I mean? The outlet kick. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Look, he could like if he had some if he's someone who had like back forward status next year. Yeah, uh, he'd I'm, be someone I'd be very interested in just having as a. I think know, even just as, as forward status though, like he's going to be oh, pretty yeah. interesting. Like, yeah. and he he will have that next year, so he's definitely probably rose up in in stocks there. I think finals would be very telling for mm-hmm. him. So mm-hmm. like if he's playing in those finals games when they're, they're still trying to get their best, players yeah, to come back, trying in. to get their best team on the park. Because yep. you think Walsh and Chera do come back in probably for that first final yep. as well. So, yep. yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's still on the side then and producing the same numbers. Um, Paddy Dow or Paddy Wow, do we call him these days? No, uh, 95 don't. points. Do you think still think he's cooked when uh, Chera is back, uh, Chera and Walsh are back? Surely. He's been solid enough when he's been in there the yeah. last couple of weeks. But Fantasy is not, not, never great for Paddy Dow, but actual footy-wise, he's been good as well. Yeah, but, I, he's been serviceable. Like, he's kind of been one of the good guys who come off the bench and, yeah. you know, plays his role and, and does it all right. That's my fear, though. Like, he's very much a role player, and I think yeah. that role for him is that sub that comes on mm-hmm. and for the extra midfielder when the legs are getting tired and stuff like that, when their full team's in. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, Paddy Dow probably does struggle a bit, but it's just nice to see uh, the guy we sung a song about a few years ago doing something. Um, Jack Martin had 87 points. I think it's a tip of the cap there. Is there any interest from you there? I think I asked not, you this last time. Not you're really. On. Yeah, no, no, neither. I'm happy not to. Same with Jesse Motlop, similar type of player, had 80 points. Tip of the cap again, you reckon? Yeah, and these guys always will have a good game here or there, but it's just for those guys, especially Martin across his year, uh, across his career, it's just been that consistency that's been the killer. Yeah. Uh, no real Gold Coast. Oh, we talked about... We talked about the Gold Coast players before, actually. No, so that's fine. Um, I thought I mustn't have mentioned any. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Jesse Hogan, um, moving on to the next game. GWS had a big win over your boys, Essendon. What's uh, no, we, there? No, we had the buy. No, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't yeah. actually play on the weekend. Well, the, the players thought they didn't show up yeah. to Sydney. So. Well, how many goals did Jesse Hogan keep? Nine. Nine. That's quite a few goals. You probably should have let him get the 10. Was he on Zerk Thatcher? To be honest, I wasn't. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Turned it off. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's who that, that's who I heard he was playing on. And uh, yeah, he's getting a bit roasted, but I don't know. It's a tough job uh, when you got come up against a forward that's in form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 188 points. Now, a couple of years ago, I had him in my top 50 and I was ridicu- ridiculed by you and Dossie for having ridiculed. him in there. Ridiculed. Oh, I'd love to go At back that point, to I don't think he actually was playing football. <laughs> well, he had, he had, I think he had the week he had eight uh eight games the season beforehand. But in those last few games that he played, I thought he, would re- he looked rejuvenated. And I was right. He's averaging 75. It's not like he's, you know, the no, you take that as a, that's, the, that's the Nick Larky kind of thing. You take him as the F5. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, 76 this season, isn't it? But anyway. Um, yeah, look, he's looking pretty good. And I think that probably 188 points does boost that average a little bit there as well. But yeah. still a handy option. Um, Callan Ward, 116 points. Now, just when you think this guy is dead and buried... He pulls himself back into too good for the podcast contention again because he's done the 80 plus three weeks in a row. Yep. Just, oh, I don't get it. I think, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, for me, it's like, look, this, they're going to play finals. So, like, they've obviously found their little rhythm in the yeah. midfield and, um, you know, he's an important cog. With it, with it, it's going to stay next year. Like, he's someone for me who, if I owned him, I'd be stoked right now that he's playing great footy into a grand final. But What's changed though, like? They've got Tom Green back. Is anyone else injured? Kelly's probably on the outer a little bit. Um, Cornelio's in there. Callahan hasn't been playing. Callahan maybe, yeah. That's about the only one. But Yeah, that's probably that probably does kind of fit him in there for that one. So maybe that's the uh, – and it does, I think it has been – it had, did coincide with the last three weeks. So maybe that is the uh, catalyst there. Wait and see what happens with Callahan. Do you have any update on his injury status? Nope. Uh, neither. Anyway, um, that could be the catalyst. But, yeah, he doesn't seem to uh, go away. Um 
Connor Iden, uh, probably a tip of the cap as well. He's been a good bench option for a lot of people this year, 82 points. He's popped up with a few handy scores here and there. It's just unlucky that he doesn't play earlier in the rounds to loophole them on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's been a handy option. Um, on to the Saints, on to the next game. Um, Marcus Winhager, he had 95 points. Is his halfback role a long-term thing, you reckon? Or do you reckon it's just like a transition into like, like now Severos is injured, maybe he goes back into the I think there's, yeah, there's a few of these, you know, St. Kilda guys who are on their day really good scorers. And obviously we know that Winnehagen's showing plenty of promise. Look, he's still someone I'd love to own. Will he, do I think he's going to sit back there for the rest of his career? No, like, you know, Hunter Clark's another guy that's been shuffled around oh. a lot and being, you know, on and sub. Two weeks and ago, we like, like declared he'd arrived and now he's been sub for yeah. two weeks in a row. <laughs> what the hell? You know, like everyone gets angry at Bevo, but I think Ross is just as bad in terms of, you know, I think Ross in and out and genuinely around. has some players that he just doesn't like. Yep. Yeah, and I think Clark might be one of them. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, anyway, Windhager um, doing pretty well in the halfback flank there, so we'll keep rolling with that uh, as he keeps putting up the scores. Um, Max King, 90 points, similar to like a Nick Larky situation with the, with the three goals he kicked. Um, is it time to invest in a player like Max King to be one of those bag-kicking <laughs> forwards that you play at F5? He's in that primo age bracket yeah, yeah. now I think you know what's he probably 24 25 yeah he was um, in the super draft so with, um, a couple of years Walsh older than you know Rosie, someone like Larky uh, he's 23 yeah so I reckon he's just about to hit his straps as a as a genuine player. Yeah, I'd be getting on board for if you need an F five, making a play for that in the uh, preseason, um, especially in those Nick dynasty Larky's leagues. Twenty five. Yeah, Shit. I thought so. Yeah, I was kind of. I didn't think they were in the same draft, so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure which way it went. But yeah, so Max King's probably in the same boat where they're ready to hit their straps. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark O'Connor had ninety points. He plays a variety of roles. I was watching the uh, Crows get robbed uh, in the other game, so I didn't see this one. But I'm assuming he went into the midfield um, at some stage. Uh, nah, not for me. You a Mark O'Connor fan? No, thank you. Nah, let's move on. Jack Bowes in this game, though, 79 points. Mm-hmm. You're the president of his fan club. Correct. Is this just what we expect of Jack Bowes now? Uh, I'm actually really interested in what happens with Geelong over the preseason. Like, you know, they you know went from you know winning the flag to missing the finals. Yeah. What do they do with some of their players? Like, you know- They need to rejuvenate. Yeah, where's Cam Guthrie at? What's- um, you know, uh, Mitch Duncan doing, yeah. what are they doing with Dangerfield? Dangerfield. Like, so, you know, they've, they've paid, well, they haven't paid good money. I think Gold Coast are paying most of the salaries, but, <laughs> you know, they've invested in someone like Bose and yeah. given away a few picks. So, like, you know, is he going to get back into that midfield that he was starting to get to in at the Suns or is this going to be another halfback flanker? I'm not sure, but he's one who probably has a bit of upside and I think there's a few young um, Cats players like Mitch Nevitt um, who's another who could really take a big stride forward next year and obviously uh, Tanner Bruin as well. All right, let's move on to the uh, the Crows game, um, the greatest robbery of all time. Right in front of me. <laughs> a few uh, Crows fans out there. Um, did have uh, still got Ben Key's number in my phone from the time we <laughs> interviewed him. <laughs> Thought about sending him a text saying, get back on uh, defense instead of celebrating, but I think they were still pretty hard done by. <laughs> come around and stew your and belted you. <laughs> he would not have been happy. Um, yeah, what, what's your take on the whole situation? Like, obviously, they're robbed. What's, the, what's a fair, just outcome from here? Do you think it just has to be what it is, or do you reckon they should get any compensation? Uh, There's talk of compensation. Uh, they'll get compensated. Tonight. The Crows will get some Friday night footy games next year or they'll get they'll, there's always some way <laughs> that they so can make stuff That's so funny that you up. can just fuck up and then like win them back, like pay them back type well, thing. Well, you know, like effect, effectively, like they'd still be in the finals race if they, yeah. if it was a due to get According to my ladder predictor, predictor, with their percentage, they would have been like well in, like mm. seventh 
kind of sixth, seventh, yeah. something. Before last, before yeah, yeah. last weekend, I, I did the predictor and I had them finishing eighth. Yeah, so, okay. Um, with the two wins coming home now. Yeah. I don't know. Like you obviously can't change your result because there was still plenty of time left in the game. Um, yeah. but effect, you know, if the umpire made the call, that's cool. But like, geez, they question decisions for much less. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? So I think it's obviously just an issue with the process. Yeah, and yeah, let's lay off the uh, umpire as well because he just made a mistake as well. It's more the the process of the whole thing doesn't go upstairs. And no, I, yeah. I think what you know, you've been watching a fair bit of the Women's World Cup. Um, you know, like just the whole. Oh, everything is like, ahead. but everything, but everything is checked. You know, yeah, like hundred percent. I've went to a couple of games in Adelaide, and like you know, they'd be ready to play, and then all of a sudden, that's you know, you know, going to the, the yeah. ref checking for VAR. So like, yeah. and I know goals are a lot more important, you know, in in soccer than AFL. But um, how would you feel about um, like them letting them play and then reviewing? So it didn't slow the game down. Then they review, and if they find it's wrong, they come back. They reset the clock and start from well, the same. And spot. that's the thing; like they keep that directly after that yeah. point. And you know, but like, say it went out of bounds. I can't remember that last minute of play, but yeah. say it went out of bounds. It's surely in that thirty-second period where it's gone from there to dead, it's just like oh, actually now that was a goal. Clock yeah. winds back to you know a minute seven. It's balled up in the middle, and you go again. Yeah. So, but the thing is, like, yeah, it it obviously would cause issues in terms of like. Like, it shouldn't be too bad, but, like, they'd have to revamp a whole heap of systems. For like, do you count those possessions? No, obviously, they won't. So, you have to, like, yeah. somehow go back and get rid of those because all those stats taking. It's a very statistical-based game. Yeah. yeah. There's, end of the day, there's not much... It's not a common occurrence that no, something like is right. going to happen again, but I think oh, you they know, just when need it happens to, badly yeah. it, on, on this kind of stage, no. and then it's, yeah. They just need to get the same technology as the cricket has with the edge and hotspot and all that mm. sort of stuff. Um, and then probably the same thing as the NFL have with those super high-speed um, frame rate cameras mm. so they can see everything in high def. Like when they zoom in, it doesn't look like it's out of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Like it's actually crystal clear, crisp um, vision. And just pay the money. And you'd need to pay. It'd probably cost each stadium probably $500,000 to buy the computer that runs it and all that sort of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I reckon the computer itself, they need to render it would cost probably like a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Like, and then all the cameras and everything technology. They need to spend heaps of money. But I don't know. I think this will probably be the catalyst for it now. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has to be. Um, all right. Let's move on to some players in this game. Jake Saligo, 104 points. He was used a bit more up the ground a little bit more. Um who plays on the wings at the Crows? Is this a pl- is this a position that they target some outside runners? Because they've played, I think they're playing Sloan there a lot this year just to preserve his body. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing Shoal there, who's now back in the twos. Um, Saligo can obviously play there. They got a few guys in the twos that could probably do it. But yeah. what do you what do you think happens yeah. in that role? I think Saligo is definitely the best of that kind of bunch. Um, best footballer and best fantasy prospect too. You could probably throw Mitch Hinge in there. I know he plays down back a bit more, but yeah. he's one who can get up onto the wing. Yeah, I, look, I really like um, Jake Saligo as a player. Uh, if he can keep that forward status for next year, I think he's going to be a yeah. very, very nice prospect. I think he does keep it. So, yeah, he's probably one to think about uh, next year if you do do the postseason trading. Um, maybe one to think about. Uh, onto the Sydney players, Tom Hickey, 80 points. Does he go on next year? Because I think he's out of contract. I haven't heard I anything. Know. You're actually. the one. You're the uh, owner. Well, no, I own uh, Peter Laddams, not Tom Hickey. Okay, but um, so I, does like, Peter Laddams play football anymore? He plays in the twos, and he plays as a forward at the moment. So <sighs> yeah, it looks like he's only going to be going into the side if 
I think Tom Hickey's going to be the number one ruck, and I think he only goes in if one of the oh, McLean, yeah, McLean goes down or something yeah. like that. So it uh, looks like that's what's happening in the twos. It doesn't really matter because I got the big O these days, so he'll be my rucker taking next year. When he's year. not injured. Yeah, that for that one game. <laughs> he's just so reliable. <laughs> but anyway, um, do you yeah, do you think he goes again next year, or will, it, that, will they be forced to use a Laddams or McAndrew type? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Do they think that one of those guys is actually ready to go? You know, like <laughs> Laddams, pro- Laddams was serviceable earlier. Well, in and the year. That, that's the thing, like. They're a finals team now, so, you know, and they're playing this year. They're going to have to expect to play next year. You can't just, you know, if they still think that Tom Hickey's their best option at how old? Uh, 32. 33 next year. So, like, maybe you just got to back him in and go again. He is out of contract at the end of this year as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. Um, If there is a change there is what I'm saying is just look into Laddams and McAndrew. Uh, Alex Keith uh, had 99 points with 11 marks um, that's a tip of the cap so we're obviously moving on to the next Definitely. game here tip of the cap uh, Rory Lobb another tip of the cap with 88 points and 3 goals now case this is one I want to bring to you now, mm. you've been quite critical of Jake Lloyd in the past who yes. still puts up good scores each week um, still the third highest scorer for Sydney in this game on the weekend but uh, your boy Jack McRae yeah he's been horrible is he a back to podcast candidate uh, I don't know what's going on there yeah, is he stuck for? He was subbed out of this game. I'm pretty sure he was subbed out. Yeah, but yeah. like that's unacceptable. Is your boy um, Mills as well, Callum Mills? Is he back to the pod candidate? There's probably a lot of my boys <laughs> who are back to the pod candidates at the moment, which is why I'm still not playing finals. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like I've watched, you know, obviously watching the dog. I watched the dogs game on the weekend, and McRae was like not where and nowhere to be cited at all yeah he's single-handed like i traded him in after the buy because we had that run of cbas mm. um this was in um classic obviously um and yeah he single-handedly i reckon cost me my match on the weekend with his 51 points i left him in because they're playing west coast I'm like surely yeah against west coast he puts up a big score with yeah. um libertore out i was mm-hmm. like yeah surely he goes in the midfield it's mm-hmm. west coast he's good for a 90 but i still see he got lots of cbas too he yeah. just was not getting his hand out so whether it's one of these ones that comes out post season that he was you know carrying an injury yeah. um you know for the last month that's but the only way his kind of form's forgivable otherwise um, he's just been bevoed well which happens to the best of people now does bevo go on after this i'm actually surprised there's been not much yeah blowtorch for luke beverage after this on the weekend yeah that's well not just that but like the whole you know the dogs yeah. kind of last five years really yeah well if there's no blowtorch for ken hinckley there's no blowtorch for bevo yeah, <laughs> I, look, Ken's doing a great job. Um, yeah, on no, behalf of everyone no, who no grand final knows you, in we years. love Ken. Did you see my Ken Hinckley meme last week? I did. You did a good job there. Bloody 180,000 plays. That's probably my best ever. You almost, <laughs> are you going to call yourself a content creator soon? I already am. Yeah, I okay. think I already am. Uh, anyway, uh, let's keep on the same game. Jamie Cripps. We both love this guy. Yes. He's, he's probably the new um, new face of the Keep League podcast. The guy's never going to be because another guy who usually is, we'll talk about him a bit later. Poor bloke's always injured, Jamie Cripps. Yeah, that's it. But um, yeah, five goals, 116 points. He's had three tons this year mm-hmm. and he's averaged 73 years in a row. So that's pretty yeah. handy to have. Yeah. Um, and he was 80 in the Hoofers Premiership year. As I, well, was, so. I was very happy to pick him up this year. And, yeah, but, you know, he broke his foot or something. He, yeah, he something missed he a big missed chunk. A, but basically season. since he's been back from that, he's been scoring really well despite West Coast not being that good. Yeah, 100%. Um, Oscar Allen had 106 points, three goals, nine marks. Put him in the same category as oh, like your Larkies, your time. Max Kings, like big time. as your F5s going forward. 
think every team should have to have a key forward as their F5. That should be the a rule. I would be more than happy to that <laughs> Be a good way to play it. Or like Stevie Fizz um, talks about on these Draft Doctors uh, rants these days. They're not really podcasts. It's just him talking into a microphone. But he's got the idea that there should be you should be able to modify it. So there's a wing position, key defender, key forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so you bring those players into the fantasy game. I actually quite like the idea of those, you know, those... Um, Leagues who add in points of spoils or yeah. um, you know extra you know it's twelve points for a goal or something so yeah. actually reward those who you know do some of the other things and makes it a bit more realistic. I, I like that. I like. I don't love that as much because it changes the actual scoring. It's just hard to compare sure, across the league and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I do like the idea of bringing in um, yeah, set positions. Yeah, like other uh, more positions because mm-hmm. like if you look at NFL, like mm. there's not that many. Like you've got so many different positions. Like you got wide yeah. receivers, you got quarterbacks, you got running backs, you got flex yeah. uh you got a flex position but then you've got yeah. um, tight ends and all that sort of stuff you choose a defense there's like at least six different positions you got to choose from like and i think the lack of positional choices um mm-hmm. kind of prevents a lot of players getting picked up and being valuable plus it's yeah same same yeah yeah looking at like you know game day squad you know uh, rugby league one there's like eight yeah. different positions that you have to fill yeah. so like yeah I, i'm all for that yeah i don't think it would happen in the classic format but maybe in some of the draft no, leagues classic people hate change yeah well they don't hate change. They like following just, following each other although they'll probably bring in three trades soon because i think the women's is doing that but anyway um Josh Rotham is a name I haven't heard in a long time. Mm. 85 points. He had nine marks in this. So, I guess that's part of that West Coast factor where they chip around a lot to hold the ball. I think any West Coast defender, like, there's a very good chance they score decent, you know, every second or third week type thing because they get involved in the chip around. Like, McGovern had a good score in this game as well. I know he's one of the better key defenders in fantasy, but, again, he just got a heap of marks as well chipping around. So, um, yeah, just keep them in your plans. Um, yeah, this week against the Crows. Um, they'll be pretty fired up, the Crows. If they even turn up, there's talk they might even boycott the game and cost the AFL some money, um, not even fly over and make them forfeit. What do you, what do you think of that? They're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be a big fine if they did that. Um, Sam Petrescu, Seaton, uh, 80 points. He was up forward. I think the tackle number's there, playing that pressure forward role. He had seven tackles in this game, so that was the thing that bumped him up. And then Jack Darling had 82 points um, with two goals. That's a once in a blue moon uh, score in a win for these Eagles as well, mm. so that doesn't happen very often either. Um, moving on to the Melbourne Hawthorne game Trent Rivers had 108 points He's one of your pickups this year He's one of my boys Probably one of your better pickups in the draft this year would you I've say? had some great pickups in Can't this year's remember draft remember who you actually picked up Oh, oh. no, you, Mason Wood That's Mason right. Wood <laughs> That's your boy um, Yeah, but that was his top score of the year um, He's been good for a 70 most weeks And do you think he just takes that next step next year And becomes that 80 plus average? Um, he- his, his flaws are exceptional. Yeah. So, like, he's not necessarily putting in huge tons, but he's rarely going below 70. And I think I that's- I think he had five seventies in a row before this or something yeah, from memory. Like, uh, so safe as a D5, yeah. you know. Um, you know, he's probably almost been, some, you know, Christian Salem's fallen off the, the planet in terms of his high scoring too. So, um, you know, someone like Trent Rivers is almost kind of keeping him out of being, you know, going back to being a, a fantasy pig. So, I think that, um, yeah, there's bright future for Trent Rivers. He's a very good player. Um, who just mentioned Salem? Is he someone you're – what are you doing with him next year? Is he still a keepable player? a good question. Here? What's the average? I've not been following, but – I'll click on him right now. He's technically 2G4P, but he could be B2P. He's averaging 80.5. Uh, yeah, that's keepable. Yeah. But still, you'd want more. You want more from someone who's shown what he's shown. He did miss a, yeah, a big chunk of back. footy at the start, but he's only had the one ton. So, yeah, disappointing. Uh, disappointing year. 
Um, moving on to Jake Melksham, he had 99 points. He's been given an opportunity since Fritch has been in, uh, injured. I think Fritch returns in one or two weeks according to the injury card, which is probably either a test this week or one next week. So he's kind of playing for his career, I think, and it's kind of showing. But I still think if they have their optimal forward line, he's still probably not in their best 22 regardless. Mm. What do you think? Uh, he's looked good. Like, he has looked good last oh, week. Yeah, but like, at a match winning game. Never, for me, he's never rosterable. Yeah, he always just goes in and out of the side. Like, mm-hmm. he does patches like this, like, all his career, and mm-hmm. then goes out of the side again. So, yeah, it's pretty hard to trust him. Uh, Jake Lever, 95 points. This is probably on the back of Hawthorne having no key forwards and just took bulk marks. So that's probably a tip of the cap mm-hmm. there. Now, speaking, we've talked about a lot of your boys today, but Harry Morrison, in our first season we <laughs> ever did, he was your pick to be the next best thing, greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, he was actually too good for the podcast last year, averaging 80 on that wing. Yeah. Um, scored 94 this week. I think he had an 80 plus last week as mm-hmm. well. Now, he might have, to, I think it's been three weeks in a row because I've got back to 2G4P written here. Now, Amon, Carl Amon has, was playing on the wing most of the season and stinking it up. They've moved him to halfback and now he's just absolutely racking it up. So, um, it's going to be nice when he gets forward uh, back status next year. Um, but do you think that brings a spot for Harry Morrison or do you think the kids kind of step up and overtake him? Uh, look, at the moment, I think he's, he's still young. He's still playing decent football. I think he's a bit of a... Um one of those guys that people either love or hate. As I just know supporter. he's been in the system six years because that's how long we've been doing the podcast. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, look, last, th- last well, 94, 89, 90, and then he was sub, and then game prior we had 91, so he's scoring very well. Yeah, since coming back in and actually getting a spot on his, like, a natural role for him, mm. um, he's been going pretty well. He's one of those guys who takes marks. So, yeah. like, he's always kind on of- On the outside. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, that- set someone different from, you know, one of those guys who just is a bit more handball happy and yeah. and a bit more inside. Um, I was listening to the coverage of this game on ABC and uh, they had Stevie J talking for the game and they've pulled out one of my quotes um, from last week. So mm-hmm. I reckon Stevie J must have been listening to the podcast because they called Josh Weddle Hawthorne's version of the lizard. Right. Nick Blakey. I reckon I swear I said that a week or two ago on this podcast. So Bring it up. Yeah, I might have to uh, actually hey, I'll probably see if I can find it. But if not, I was at least thinking it. But anyway, he scored 76 points. So I just wanted to mention that. that As in uh, his yeah. look? Uh, no, he's like that kind of rangy halfback flanker that's a bit taller. Can play, yeah, can kind of play looks tall. Looks like the guy Great. from Monsters, of, Inc. A lot of dash, yeah. Like, But yeah, Ken, like, he looks like a key defender, but runs like the wind. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And takes mark and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so that's what that He'll be a very good stash for next year, I think. I think so too. But yeah, thanks for listening, Stevie J. Um, yeah. uh, Liam Henry, 107 points. We were talking about this last week, I reckon, or the week before. Mm-hmm. Would you keep him as a mid-only next year? Uh, you'd think about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite high on him I think he's finally hit his kind of straps he's averaging what 77 this year but also if you take off those numbers and just look at since he kind of had that breakout game where he had that big ton yeah and then it's been probably higher than that average since then you know well yeah since round 14 he hasn't gone below 70 yeah and he's had three tons yeah so he's kind of for me in a bit of that Mason Wood mold yeah like um even if you're not going to keep him, you're not brave enough because he loses that forward status. He's one I'd probably, you know, look at taking early because he's at the moment probably going to easily be a M6, M7. Surely you're keeping Mason Wood next season. Mm, don't know. What's he averaging? It'd be high, wouldn't it? 80 plus, 90? Um, he's been really good. Uh, he's averaging 91.8. Surely you're keeping that. Please drop it back to the pool if that's the case. He's pretty old though now, isn't he? Yeah, but once again, he takes marks. Yeah. All right. Um... Look, Lockie Schultz, speaking of how long we've been doing this podcast, I reckon since season one, 
we've been spoken Lockie Schultz. And we're saying things like, he's never going to be too good for the podcast. Um, he's one of those guys that we'll always talk about him. He's mm-hmm. on the front cover mm-hmm. because we always talk about this guy. He's had 100 points again this week. He's had some huge scores. And I think he's averaging around the 80 mark. Can we make Lockie Schultz? Schultz I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. What do you mean? He's averaging 78.4. Oh, it's so close. Yeah, but like- <laughs> And he's gotten so close to having that 380 plus scores in a row. Yeah, but he had a 64 three weeks ago. No, nah, he's he's a boy. He's our boy. He's Maybe the we, podcast's boy. We're doing it for the sake he's that like, he's not- It's not that he's not good enough. It's just that we want to keep him around. Kind of like Brent Daniels. Yeah, okay. For yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not a Brent Daniels fan, but- What? What's wrong with Brent Daniels? Oh, no. He's just too a little bit too average for me. That's all. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Loggy Shorts, we're not going to make you 2G4P purely because we want to keep respect. you around. Yeah. We want to keep you here on the show. Out of respect. Um, Corey Wagner, 99 points. He plays the right role. Do you have any faith in his long-term job security? Uh, not really sure, but his um, waffle numbers have been pretty good this year. So, okay. he's been one of the kind of- Really regular, yeah. good scorers in the waffle. So, um, you know, if he can kind of lock down that spot in the yeah. in the ones, he's got um, yeah some backup. Heath um, Chapman is out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Right? So, I think that's kind of like what's been coinciding with him getting a game. Yeah. Well, obviously, I think you know Nathan O'Driscoll's played a few games lately in the twos as well. Yeah. So there's too. a few few guys who are just a bit maybe you know they're just getting them through the rest of the year Not but um, interesting to track his preseason next year I think Corey Wagner yeah uh, yeah I don't have faith in him but he does play the right uh, right style of game for this mm-hmm. uh, for fantasy so if he can lock down a spot long term he'll be one to think about Sam Swidkowski's had Back-to-back 80-pluses, I reckon. Um, but, yeah, four CBAs this weekend, so not a huge number, but just kind of enough to show you that there are some kind of midfield opportunities perhaps on the horizon for him. Um, given that he's four status, that's the only thing that makes me a little bit interested, um, that, yeah, he might be one that you might pick up late next year because there might be a lot of people thinking about him and just mm-hmm. hope that he gets a bit of a midfield uh, gig. Yeah, his last kind of month has been really solid. Yeah, getting a few – I think he had higher CBA numbers the week before, but, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's just getting a bit of midfield time. This is a forward. We'll keep that for next season, so. So, you know, put him in your black book. Dylan Williams, uh, 88 points. He's he's a player that's always going to use the ball by foot when he's got it as much as possible. In this game, he had 20 kicks and zero handballs. We love that ratio. That fantastic. That's the best possible ratio you can get. Um, also had 10 marks too. So, um, Port weren't moving the ball super quickly. So, it kind of allowed him to get involved in some of that as well. But just want to think about, I don't mind him either for and with with Dylan Williams as well, you got to realize he's only been playing this role this season. Like he's mm. been in the AFL system for three years, but two of those years he's trained as a forward, you know, mm. and he's just jumped, switched to halfback this year, and kind of he's still learning that role is what I'm trying to say. So mm. he's, he's only going to get better, I think. So yep. just think about him. Kane Farrell had 85 points. He just needs to be more consistent. Xavier Dersma, 81 points. He's been averaging 71 since returning, but he was a bit slow to start off with. What are your thoughts on Xavier Dersma? Is he someone that's... He excited everyone three or four years ago, yeah. but what do you think of him now? Uh, I'm not as I'm not that keen, but he's one someone I'd look, you know, maybe mid-draft next year to pick up as some depth with the ability to maybe pop. Yeah, it's just that he hasn't put a full season together for two mm. years as well. So, you just don't know what he's capable of. But as known, I'm finding it hard to make a case to keep him. Although, I'm finding midfielders just so bloody hard in my side to actually find a decent number of. And he kind of does almost fit into that M7 role. So I've got lots of depth midfielders. I've just got no good midfielders. That's yeah, that's problem. your problem. You've got mm. no captain-worthy mm-hmm. ones. Maybe we could work out a trade. No, I'm not trading one of my guns. Um, anyway, 
that's the end of the most relevant players of the week. Um, if you want to support the show, make sure you sign up to a member. Lots of off-season content coming up. What's the first thing we do? We usually do a um, our trade period recap. Mm-hmm. Um, we do – I can't remember if that's for members only or for the public, but either way, it's there. Um, then we do our draftee stuff, which is definitely members only. So make sure you get involved in that. Um, probably have Tommy Wyman on a bit more because he still follows that pretty closely. Mm-hmm. I think we had him on last year as well uh, with that. Um, then I think the breakout tracker – launches early up. early next year with all updated and all that sort of stuff so a few things coming up in the off season um, and then basically once yeah the new year hits um, it's go 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 oh that's right I have the draft analysis guide coming out as well mm-hmm. so already made a start to that actually have you yeah well I've scraped the numbers there's a few players and teams that have kind of finished up um, and a lot of the draftees kind of won't play again because what have you written for Harley Reid uh, he was the only one I've actually written but uh, basically something along the lines of pick him up get him like- um, yeah Absolutely. V2. Fantasy numbers aren't the same. Okay. They're a bit lower, but um, maybe that's just because of the inside role. Uh, like, if you look at his VFL numbers, he's had two good scores and one really low score. So, he's only played three games of VFL. Plenty for the Bombers, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. Was that last week? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. A couple yeah. weeks ago, yeah. So, those, I think he's had two, like, near 100-plus scores and then one, like, 47 yep. or something like that. So, it brings his average down a little bit. So, mm-hmm. he's, I think it was in both competitions, he's averaging around 87. So but we do love boys playing against men. Yeah, exactly. But he was—he's not putting it up in a VFL. But there are a few like Wardlaw last year, I think, as well, and he's shown some signs. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's yeah wait and see what happens. But when you're playing that inside role, it's and you're, your team—you're carrying your team literally. Mm. Um, yeah, it's harder to score big numbers. But anyway, uh, we had two new gold members uh, sign up during the week. I nice. got to the bottom of the list last week, and uh, two new ones uh, or two others signed up. So Rob Hall and Josh Hart, thank you for signing up and showing your support. Um, and yeah. If you want to support the podcast further, make sure you do join up as a member. There's a link in the description below. All right, guys, let's get into some listener questions. Um, Port for the win is asking, um, considering Jesse Hogan's nuclear heroics against your bombers on Saturday, who is your boom bust left field Hail Mary waiver wire pickup for those with the grand final play? Have you got anyone this week, Case? Oh, obviously you want to bring in Tex, but I think <laughs> yeah, be, everyone's uh, <laughs> talking about that one. Everyone's thinking about that. Yeah, how uh, many? He needs eight goals. He's eight behind. <clears throat> he's eight behind. So do they bother? Like, I guess they'll try to get him a bag of ten. And well, they, they play before Carlton. Yes, yeah, so, so they won't know. Yeah, so they may as well feed him. It depends, you know, if they just send their sandful side across. Yeah. Do you know who mine is? Hmm? Callum Ward. I'm backing him in again. Oh yeah, because he could be on the waiver wires. Yeah, because um, midfield has been going big against Carlton last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, also, defenders against Gold Coast um, are going pretty well. So I'm going to back in Gota with Zebul McDonald out of the side. Yeah, I'm going to just a real roughy one there, and hopefully he goes big this week. Kind of shows off like he did the last round twenty or la- round twenty three last year, last round of last year, mm-hmm. and goes big again. But yeah, anyone else you can think of? On the uh, let me open up a waiver wire for um, <laughs> see who's there. See who's there. All right. Yeah, no, there's the two I've been uh, looking at. Obviously, there's like anyone, any kind of defender against uh, St. Kilda is a big one. Actually, just any player against St. Kilda in general, generally would be a good waiver wire pickup. But um, yeah, there's a few around. Um, so look. Putting K's on the spot here, making right. him a search for it. Um, Oscar Allen's one of those waiver wires. He's not <laughs> in good form. Yeah. Um, 
Bloody hell. Tom Cole's floating around. He could always pull out a okay score. Let's go with that. Tom Cole. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, at Jordox 2020, um, what's happening with Jai Simkin? Um, I'll be keeping him for another year, but can you offer me some hope that will eventually happen for him? Um, has been in and out with injury this year, but doesn't look like a scorer despite ample opportunities. Is the captaincy weighing him down? Um, yeah, I don't know. With um, like I think it's just a like a multitude of things like not working for him this mm-hmm. year. So you've got like the, obviously the concussion stuff, which really rocks you around. So he's had two of those this year. Yes, I think the captaincy does weigh on it. And you look at young captains traditionally, they do mm-hmm. struggle. Um, I think with LDU kind of going to that next level as well has probably put him back a little bit. Plus, mm-hmm. they keep playing. Powell, they keep playing Phillips. Like it's, it's like, and then Taron Thomas is in there. Well, then but they got, don't actually stay in for that long. Like Powell's in and out. Yeah, Phillips is in and out. I like, know, but like it's still crowded. Like there's still like, a lot going on in there. I just don't think there's much consistency. That's they what I mean. Have, they don't yeah, have yeah. A, a solid core. Three yeah, or four it keeps or five. chopping and changing, and there's just lots of different people going in and out of there. That makes it hard to kind yeah. of, if not like to receive off players and stuff like that. If you're not winning the ball and stuff like that, you're kind of doing the hard work yourself mm-hmm. type thing as Josh Simpkins kind of getting to that stage. So mm-hmm. I think there's a multitude of things going on. I think North Melbourne have to get better. Like if they get mm-hmm. Reed, what's they, they're gunning for a number two um, priority as well. They're trying to get um, that as well. I don't know if they'll get that as well, but if they get those two new mids as well, they probably have to move on a few other different few players, but um, it probably will ease the pressure on him a little mm-hmm. bit more, I think, yep. as well. Going back to the last question I found too, okay. waiver-wise. Yeah. I reckon this week, Connor Buderick against oh, North I, Melbourne. I was so surprised when I turned, flicked over to that game and I saw him on the field. Like, I yeah. completely forgot He's about back. him. Yeah, he's keen he can out for okay. And also, I think Dan McStay, Friday night against the Dons. Yeah. Because our back line is not great. Yeah, actually, yeah. He'd probably kick a bag like home. He could yeah. probably kick six. Yeah. yeah. All right, not a bad, not too bad calls there. That's good. Um, at MW18, um, oh, where sixteen hundred is a really good score in our league. I scored seventeen ten during the semi-finals, which would be a buy round for my side, and seventeen oh seven on grand final weekend. Do I deserve draft compensation considering I was knocked out in the prelim with a fourteen fourteen? Absolutely robbed. Is this your burner account? It is not. But uh, look, unless you didn't have a donut from a one week injury that should have probably played anyway. Um, now nah, I do relate to this story, like, but I don't think scoring low one week is like just it's scoring low. You've had a bad week. It happens. It's a bit different to like missing having a donut for a player who would have got you the winning score. You know what I mean? If only you drafted better half. I wish I'd just actually thought about it in the trade period and got like that handcuff in. Wish you got Darcy Fort. Yeah, exactly. Because that would have just that would have been perfect. Because he scored the number would have got me there. But because I had um, I had Lysette and like I had six ruck ladders. <laughs> yeah, I, I drafted because it happened to me last year that I ran out of rucks in finals. So I drafted like six of them this year, and same thing happened again. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty unlucky because just all of them got injured. Um, my top three rucks got injured. But anyway, um, at Manalus Isaac, um, 12-man keeper league, which I missed finals with the fifth highest score of the year. Can you rank the following youngsters in my team for either keep trade value? So he's got Kitty Coleman, mm-hmm. Holmes, Bergman, uh, Connor McDonald, uh, Jake Saligo, and Bailey Humphrey. Mm-hmm. I've gone through and ranked mine. I'll see if you agree with them, Case. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got Maxie Holmes as number one on that list. Probably. Uh, Kadeen Coleman, number two. Mm, no. Connor McDonald, three. Definitely not. Oh, you wouldn't have him up there? No. He'd Bailey. be my sixth. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, Bailey Humphrey? He'd be my second. Uh, Miles Bergman? He'd be my fifth. And Saliga? Be my third. Really? Fair mm-hmm. enough. No, I've gone- I don't like Saliga and Bergman outside types. 
I think McDonald can kind of actually go I'd probably way. Holmes, Humphrey, Coleman, then Saligo. Yeah, I, I, it's more. I'm thinking more immediate, like immediate scoring. So I think Humphrey is going to take a while to burst in that midfield. See, given I also place. think that Humphrey's got ridiculous trade value. Yeah, true. But like, if you if you're watching this, like if, you've obviously watched him this year. It's like he's struggling to get a consistent gig in there with all those guns, mm. like with all those guns in there. So I just don't see that changing anytime soon. Whereas I think McDonald could take that next step, like next season, because he's kind of coming to his third year. He's got good pedigree well. too. Yeah, Connor McDonald. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, that's my list there. But let's go with the next question at Mortarded. Um, he's got two questions for us, both for K's. Um, uh, Reeves, is he going to be your number one ruck heading into 2024? When you do your Hawthorne best team, so yep. this year you had him not best 22. Yep. Um, I think the year before was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, are you finally going to have him as your number one ruck in your Hawthorne best 22? I've got to stay on brand and say no. Oh, who are you going to put there? Lloyd Meek? <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Jacob Kaczynski or someone like <laughs> who that. Who they put there? Um, Lloyd Meek went ham in the uh, VFL on the weekend. Well, just because it's the VFL. Uh, <laughs> Poor Max Lynch. Just never got a good run at it. Yeah, I know. Everyone wants to be mean to Maxi, but- no, no, I was I was a non Max Lynch guy because um just of our little rivalry in the mm. podcast. I actually heard him on a podcast the other week um talk about it, and he seems like the greatest guy ever. Mm. Owns a cafe out in Hawthorne as well, so maybe nice. go hit that up if you're in Melbourne. Um, yeah. yeah, now that he's uh, doesn't have the AFL career anymore, um, help the guy out. But yeah, no, he seemed like the greatest dude. Look, I suppose he's probably the number one ruckman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then he's got another question for you, Kays. Mm-hmm. Um, your top three or four stash um, slash watch Ooh. list players heading into next year. Um, I've had a bit of a think. I think Finn Callahan's going to go to a, a new level next year. Like he's, he's averaging, I don't know, 78, 70, something like that as a second year midfielder in a good team. So yeah. I think he's a third year breakout and I'm talking like whoosh, breakout. Um, look, we talked about Trent Rivers and, and Liam Henry earlier. I think they're um, really good, solid options. Connor Buderick, um coming back from his ACL. Oh, good to see him get a couple Archie games Perkins? in. Where's Archie Perkins? He's not even... St- He's too good. Uh, no, he's not. He's, he's not. not. Ben Hobbs is better. Yeah. Um, I like Josh Fay from TWS. He's going to get better with some time. Mitch Nevitt. Jackson Bins is one to watch for Carlton. The big one, Hef, with your ruck issues, I think that either Ivan Soldo or Samson Ryan will have to move this year in the offseason. If they do, that uh, could be pretty decent. If they do, they're both really good ruck prospects, especially Soldo. Soldo would be a fantastic number one ruck at, at a club. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I look know. out for him. All right, move on to the next question. Um, Andrew Zanker wants to know, uh, Tom Powell, is he still a keeper now North are likely to get another young mid-gun in Reed. Looks like he's been jerked around a bit this year, as we touched on before. Trade bait? To Does, another club? Yeah. Um, surely. Surely. That midfield's getting way too deep for him to ever do anything. Yeah, who would he go to, though? Crows. I don't know if they, they don't need him. another little nugget insider. Yeah, they don't. But he's South Australian. That's what I'm saying. And Maybe I, he could go to- uh, I don't want him at Port. <laughs> we don't need him at Port. <laughs> I don't know where he'd go. West Coast? Yeah, I don't know. Probably go anywhere you can get a gig, to be honest. Probably yeah. another Melbourne club. Maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, Richard Eliadis, uh, what position do Bailey Smith, Caleb Daniel and Luke Jackson start with next year? Honestly, I didn't check up on their CBA numbers. I meant to, and I can quickly do it now because I have a shortcut to it. But I think um, I think Smith keeps that four status because I don't think he's had enough um, midfield time in there. Let me just grab it. Here's Bailey Smith. Yeah, 31% CBAs. That's probably not enough because you wouldn't expect him starting uh, on the bench for 69% of the time. So he's probably got enough uh, starting position there. Um, so Caleb Daniel is an interesting one because 
He's like all over the place, but I think he's back for. I think he stays the same. I think they all stay the same, really. Back do you forward for Jackson Daniel. Holmes' forward status. Yes, I do. Purely because of his the number of, at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. Because like it goes, it's your percentage, your starting position at each centre bounce over the whole year, and he's oh, he's sitting at forty four percent now, and that could actually come up. Maybe not. Am I going to have to have Twitter beef with Fantasy Freako again? You may have to. It's only because these last six weeks has been, yeah, like huge, or obviously huge. Well, can Max Gorn at least get forward status then? You'll probably lose. Um, you, they'll probably lose. He'll probably stay the number one, be the number one ruck again though. I'm going to have two because you probably lose Brody Grundy. By you, so you want to play two? Yeah, ruck. I'm in. The, I'm in the market. Let's talk some. Let's talk some turkey. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. All right. I do uh, need a good midfielder. Well, there you go. Uh, anyway, let's wrap this one up. So let's get around us on our socials uh, at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. If you didn't see my Ken Hinckley meme, get on, get on. Well, they're all it's on all of them, but get on Twitter. That's where it popped off. Um, have a look at that one. He was upset about the the TikTok uptake. So I only got four hundred views on TikTok. All you sixteen-year-old kids who are listening to this podcast, please go on TikTok. Share TikTok it with your friends. seems to like. Just choose random times to just choke your videos. And I think this was one of them. Or well, I don't know. Maybe it's because it had um, Daft Punk in the background as well. It doesn't like copyright stuff as well. So, uh, But can you please tell the listeners who retweeted your video? Oh, Kane Corns. Yeah. Oh, well, Kane Corns featured in the video. So that was pretty funny. Kind of missed, like Kane Corns does, kind of misses missed the joke in it. But um, anyway. Uh, and then uh, Mason Cox actually gave a bit of a retweet, I think, as well. So... If it's, I don't know if it's his official account, but it said Mason Cox AFL with 50,000 followers. So Wowee. Maybe that's his podcast account. I'm not really sure. But yeah, a few people get it. Anyway, got lots of views. Check it out if you can see it. Um, get around our sponsor, Game Day Squad, and make sure you support the podcast by signing up as a member. Kay, is there anything else from you? No. Um, be at Adelaide Oval on Sunday, Hef. Adelaide Oval on Sunday. Yes, I'll be there with my son. It'll We're all fun. coming. We're all going. Oh, yeah? Yep. Oh, it'd be nice to see that. I'll, I'll avoid you for the whole game. But, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> Come and join us on the hill. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll have Alf with me, so if I can get him to walk that far, I'll see if we'll we can. look after Alf. All right. No worries. Uh, yep, that'll do. Thanks, UKs, for coming on for the last episode of or your last episode of the year. Pleasure. And we'll talk to you next week with another special guest in the studio. Take it easy. See ya.